Hawks Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino. Now, here's your host, Dave Dave Wyman. Hey, it's Dave Wyman here at the Snoqualmie Casino. We're here every Thursday night. Actually, uh, only two more Thursday nights. Well, tonight being one of them. One more. It's two. Okay, we're here. It's Thursday night on 710 ESPN. Boy, you guys are missing some great concussion stories right now. <laughs> there, there's, there's nothing nothing better than a good old-fashioned concussion story. Yeah, it's you know what? They're, they're not as... Back in the day, we called them, you know, you got your bell rung. Yeah. And, you know, and it was a, a rite of passage, right? It was... You were a man if you were, got a concussion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's about. Today, you know, it's a little more serious and... Dave was there. My, one of my last, actually, it was really my last game I ever played, and I'm I'm knocked out, man. I mean, I'm I'm snoring. Paul Dave, was snoring. Dave Dave told me I was snoring. <laughs> I think I'm the only one that reported that. Uh, the trainers came, but I was like dropping into my hook zone, and Paul made a hit, and I was like the first guy on the scene. I'm like, how does that happen, man? Like from the time that you were in the air to hitting the ground, you're like. <laughs> Like, wow, I had a guy that's... named Ben Manoa. We were playing Cleveland. I can't, and I hit him really Wait, good. Wait, is that the big fullback? Yes. Oh, his name was Tim. Tim Manoa. Yeah. That's, okay. That's thank part you. of the concussion. Tim right well, that, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Steve. He was I mean, a big dude. Steve, Steve Wyman over there. Um, <laughs> and and I, because I watched it afterwards, and I said, "Wow, okay, it was a good hit." But I caught him in the knee, and I really got on the hit side of your the head, side, the temple. It's a killer. And you know uh, uh, the the funny part. This was about the only funny part because I couldn't remember my daughter being born. And I remember Kurt Warner. He was my good buddy. He was a running back. He goes, "What? What else don't you remember?" And I'm like, "I don't." know. He goes, "Do you know you're married?" I go, "What?" Yeah. I didn't even know I was married. But I I remember Jimmy Weitzel, our trainer at the time, who's uh, you know recently passed. God, God bless him. And I all of a sudden I wake up and I see Jimmy. I go, Jimmy. I had the weirdest dream. I dreamt that I was knocked out in the game. And he starts laughing. And you know, and then you go back and you watch the, the TV part of it, and I'm walking to their sideline. And Yeah, it was bad. Not, yeah. not a good one. Some people find that disturbing. We find it humorous. Yes, we do. Yeah, That's yeah, what so. we do. All right. All right. Uh, what do you guys think about, we were talking about pro bowlers and, and things like that, but what about for the Seahawks? I think we all would agree that as far as the Seahawks at the three-quarters poll here, that Russell Wilson's the MVP, and and uh, he's in the race for it. If it wasn't for, you know, Lamar Jackson, certainly NFL, certainly he's the the Seahawk MVP offensively. But you, you guys still think he has a chance? I mean, because you know he just pulls out game after game after game. He never does it in super dazzling ways, but like he does in. You know, little chunks, like every once in a while you see him make this amazing throw. Like the last time they played the Rams, the on-the-run throw to Tyler Lockett, nobody makes that throw but Russell. But do you think he seriously has a chance to be MVP this year? I think for him to stay in the race, Lamar would have to, you know what, in the bed, a game, and Russell would need a four-touchdown, zero-pick game again. At this point, that Monday night football game where Lamar – beat the you-know-what out of who they play on Monday night. Um, uh, well, it was the Rams. The Rams, yeah. yeah. Uh, just just destroyed them, did his thing, and Russell had his worst game of the season. That's where Lamar got the separation. Yeah. So at this point, like, 
Russell can keep pacing and keep that like two steps behind him, but Lamar has to do something to kind of uh, he just needs to play a bad game, maybe lose a couple games. That's the only way I see Russell realistically uh, getting back in this thing. But he's uh, the clear number two at this point. You know, I hate to say it because I love Russell. I've made a case for him. You know, rookie of the year, and and you know had a, a battle with John Clayton that you know they had Andrew Luck, and I, I, I it doesn't even make sense that you would pick Andrew Luck. I mean, the numbers don't that don't warn it and, and there were some reasons why and and there's been you know a couple of years ago when he led the league two years ago when he led the league in in, in, or, uh, in touchdowns I, I thought he had a chance there but you know they didn't have a great record if russell if they finish 14 and 2 and he leads the league in touchdowns and it, it's going to have to fall down we got four games left there's no question lamar jackson and the ravens are going to have to take a step back but the reason why i started off like i hate to even say this Lamar Jackson is so special, you guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like him. You know, he not he, he can throw it, he can run it, and and he's so successful, he's so confident. Um, now we'll see what happens the next four games. I mean, that's that's the first twelve. You never know the next four. The Seahawks have the Rams. We've got Carolina. We got we we end up in San Francisco. That's going to be a huge game. It can. I also could not care less about the MVP. Other than if it's Russell Wilson, I think he deserves his due as one of the great quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Yeah, and it's amazing. Every week we look at a different stat, and Rabel and I do this in Keys to the Game now, where you can get a Russell stat, you know, whether it's 32 um, overtime and fourth quarter comeback wins, Um, you know, 3,000 yards and 20-plus TDs in their first eight seasons. He's up there with Peyton Manning. I mean, it's just... It's ridiculous the company he keeps in the in the records that he has. So yeah, MVP fine if he never gets it. You know, and the same yeah, thing I with Pete care. Carroll and John Schneider. Exactly, like, Schneider should be MVP or uh, you know GM of the year this year, Absolutely. considering what he's done the last couple of years. Trading away. What about getting Clowney? You know, losing Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman, all that. Same thing with Pete. But if we don't get those, but we're going to the playoffs and we're possibly winning another Super Bowl, who cares? It, the, an MVP winner has not won a Super Bowl in over 20 years. I, so right. give it to Lamar Jackson. I'll, I'll take this. But here's what I do know. Russell's going to be a Hall of Famer. Lamar Jackson, time will tell. Right now, he's he's a really special player. He sure is fun to watch. I, I mean, it's you know he does so many good things, and, and that's why rarely do I defend, you know, if this was Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or or even Tom Brady, I'd say they can't do what Russell Wilson can do. Lamar Jackson can do things that Russell can't do. And that's one of the first times I've seen that. And he is a very special player. I'm interested if, if Lamar Jackson can develop a deep ball like Russell Wilson. Could you imagine a good point. Yeah. Uh, the damage? that He's already doing damage in the league, but if he can develop, I'm going to sit back here, I'm going to toss his ball 25, 30 yards in the air and drop a dime. Um, that's his next step, and I think that's what he's going to have to do to save his career because right now he's just young, man. Young, yes. you can take these hits, you can move. Um, Father time's undefeated, so eventually he's going to slow down. If he can develop that into his game, he may be one of the greatest quarterbacks He can do whatever time. he wants. And here, here's the other reason why Lamar is in the MVP race. It's not what he's done. They're, they're 10-2. and two. They're, they're the best team right now in, in football. They've beaten New England. They've beaten the Seahawks. They've crushed the Rams. They beat San Francisco. You're the best team in the NFL, and your quarterback's having a special year. Uh, again, 
All you out there who love Russell, I, I'm the biggest Russell fan in the world. Lamar Jackson right now deserves it over Russell. All right, defensive MVP for the Seahawks. Just on this team, who do you think's had so far the biggest impact on this team defensively? You know, and it's funny, Quandre Diggs, you might say that, but he's only been here for what? He's played in three games now? Three, well, four games? He still so. had the big, in my opinion, he still had the biggest impact, though. I think the addition of him changed the identity of this team. Like the last three weeks, They've been playing their best ball, and that's when Quandre's been making plays. Now, you can't give him the MVP because he's been there for three games, but I think he has made uh, the biggest impact as far as um, game by game. He's three for three. Um, We've waited on Jadavian a little bit. We've waited on Anza. Uh, Bobby's been super consistent. Um, I would vote for Quandre just because I I think he's made the biggest impact, but Overall, I think you got to go with Clowney. I got to, yeah, I got to go with Clowney too. Yeah. I, he's just been. I'm gonna throw, throw another one out there. He has, so three, he has three sacks right now, right? Yeah. So you know, if you just said, "Hey, you're going to be ten and two, and in that week, he, this guy has three sacks. Is he worth it?" You'd probably say no. But you know, he's got the forced fumbles. He's got the two touchdowns. He's got the countless holding penalties against him. How disruptive he is in the run game. And, you know, I just I, I love hearing this week that he wants to play. He's playing through some pain right now. And uh, he wants to play for his teammates. So he brings that element, too. So, yeah, I got, I got to definitely give it to, to J- Jadavian Clowney. Who, who else are you thinking about? Well, I think Shaq Griffin. I mean, he has played. Uh, I, to me, there's three guys that have been the most consistent. It's been Shaq Griffin, it's been McDougald, and it's been Clowney. And you're right. Clowney, his stats mean nothing. What he does in the run game is ridiculous. He's the best run defensive end I've seen in the NFL right now. His motor is off the charts. What he does to free up other guys, I'm going to give it to Clowney because he's so disruptive, but Shaq Griffin, to me, has been the most consistent player on the defense this year. That's funny. I'd take the other corner if I was going to pick a corner. I said most most consistent. Yeah, I I like Trey. I I love the way he plays. One thing he needs to do, though, is trust himself. Because there's times where he hooks a guy He's and gets a penalty where he doesn't. But, yeah, I He's agree. He is, and he realizes that, and he talks about it. But I love our corners right so now. So you don't like Shaq Griffin. Okay, go ahead. And break. I love Shaq. Oh, okay. He might be the nicest guy on the team, and he's also <laughs> maybe the best, you know, as far as he gave himself a D-plus as far as his grade last year and the way he's come back and played uh, this season. It's, it's been fantastic to watch. Well, coming up next, we're going to go inside the film room, break down some of the biggest plays from the Seahawks' wins win over the Vikings. That's here next at the Snoqualmie Casino on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9 live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to the Snoqualmie Casino. Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, Dave Wyman. We're going to go inside the film room right now. A lot of really cool plays to go through. One of the guys I mentioned earlier, the 2018 draft and how fond I am of that draft. I just think it's it's going to be one of those that rebuilds this team in a time when they really needed it. And one of those guys that was drafted that year was a pretty young guy, Rasheem Green. I don't even think he was 21 when he got drafted uh, out of USC, but he came up big the other night. It was first and 10 at the Minnesota 22, and he delivered. Now motion across the formation is Johnson. The turn and hand it Dalvin Cook. He fumbles the football. The Seahawks come up with it. McDougal recovers at the 27-yard line. Dalvin Cook put it on the ground. 
Bradley McDougal rolled over and said, look what I found. And the Seahawks in great position, and there are two Vikings down on the field. But the Seahawks defense racing off the field with the football. It was Rasheem Green getting his arm in there and knocking that ball loose. And McDougal rolled up on it. Seahawks in position to take a lead here. A couple of things about this play. Number one, um, Bradley McDougal comes running up to the pile, and it's like I remember this one. Like, there's the football, and nobody knows it's there except for the running back, and he's getting you know pulled into a pile, and you're just like, oh, it's like finding a pot of gold. The football's there, and so Bradley McDougal's scooping it up. But the other thing, the scene after this, like not only do they fumble, Dalvin Cook's laying on the field. Um, Diggs. Yeah, Stephon Diggs is laying on the field, and, you know, that had to have been pretty disheartening for the Vikings. Yeah, what I like, <clears throat> I got to give uh, credit to Norton here. It, it seems like he saw formation, he saw personnel, and it looked like he put his D-line on a slant, which allowed Green to get in that position right there and make that play. And you're right. You do your job. You get in the right place at the right times. Good things happen, and McDougal did exactly what he was supposed to do. And that was just a clean. How often can you scoop up a football that cleanly, though? The way that thing is shaped, it bounces around. It doesn't happen like that. But he picks it up nice and clean. Big ups Ken Norton. Big ups Green and big ups McDougal for doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, not much to add. You know, the McDougal part is this is where fundamentals come into play. The way he scraped down the line and kept it so tight, you know, it allowed him to get that fumble. And and I'm going to throw this one out there because I heard people say, well, Cook got hurt. That's why you got – that's why you won. Well, first of all, it's in the second half. We kept him to 3.1 yards per carry. His backup actually had a higher yards per carry. So I don't want to hear any of that crud. You know, we, we shut him down. He And he's a fantastic running back. But there was no reason to think he was all of a sudden going to go from 3.1 yards per carry to six. And that was his last play of the game. And, you know, it came off a, a, a great play. All right, the, the next play, Russell Wilson finds a wide-open David Moore for a 60-yard touchdown. The Seahawks blew a coverage uh, also, and this is what happens in the NFL every once in a while. And, uh, you know, I try not to point fingers whenever the Seahawks, um, you know, blow a coverage, but, you know, it's the Vikings. And uh, as soon as we hear this clip, we'll point fingers. Penny in the backfield. Medcalf, far side wide. Russell's got time. He's got David Moore wide open. Moore makes the catch. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. From 60 yards, Russ looked up, saw David Moore running right past Xavier Rhodes and said, here you go. Serves it up on a platter, and the Seahawks are on top, 26-17, to and they're doing the hula in the end zone, the Seahawks receivers. Wow, what a big play for Seattle. What's a hula, Dave? That was not the hula, Rabel. Anybody <laughs> that swings their hips or whatever, Rabel, That's thinks a it's a hula hoop. Yeah, hula hoop. So it's called the hula, the hula dance? Hula dance. Hula, it's like a Hawaiian. Yeah, All Hawaiian right, dance. Okay. I don't know. But it, right. they were doing something from New Edition, New Edition. Yeah, yeah, so I wasn't entirely familiar with it, but I knew you, it wasn't the, way, the hula. Bump, you know, because mostly wide receivers for the Seahawks, I mean, it's kind of their you know, stick. Would you have liked that back in the day? Uh, I would participate. Would for you sure. be have been part of it? it? I, 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 w- I think I, I mean, I'm, I was kind of low key. I mean, they would have to convince me a little They'd bit. They'd have to drag you, you out you, there. Do you have rhythm like that? Because here's the one thing. Oh, yeah, thing. I got rhythm. Uh, I'm just, oh, yeah. Look, I mean, not, not to offend you or anything. <laughs> I, yeah, you have to ask. What's, well, you see I, it. I, I, look, I 
just wanted to hear it. I, <laughs> I already know he does. He's got charisma. But they practice it. Oh, and, yeah. And the three of them, I, you know, I think it was uh, Moore, it was uh, Lockett, and... Uh, JB, uh, I believe. Was it? Yeah, I JB, so. okay. But it builds uh, camaraderie. They, got, they have... It's one of them, if they were on stage, I would stop to watch them. Because I think they're that good. They put in the work. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, and people talk about it, it's kind of corny as far as the uh, the you know practicing and everything, but yeah, it just builds a little uh, camaraderie yeah, between I the guys. It. All right, who blew it on that one, Moyer? Well, Old I DB mean, coach. It's, it's got to be Rhodes uh, on this one. However, I mean, if you go back and look at this play, Russell Wilson immediately sees a free safety jump hard over the top to the their left, Russell's right. And he comes backside and says, I got a one-on-one situation here with David Moore. But I will say this. He could have picked his poison. Tyler Lockett runs just a little stutter. Go. He could have hit him for a touchdown, too. So he could have hit one of two guys there. David Moore, obviously, because of the blown coverage, Rhodes thinking, I don't know what he's thinking. He must have thought the safety was coming to his side. That, that's what I don't understand. Like, why would he think the safety's coming to his side? They got two receivers to the right. It's a one-high look. So that means it's a deep zone or it's a man. Essentially, it becomes a man defense on that yeah. end. Like, so there must have been some kind of miscommunication or something going well, on. The only reason like, why well, I know it's Rhodes, sorry, Dave, the only reason why I know it's Rhodes is because the other corner let his receiver get outside and Rhodes was sitting inside. So I'm like, okay, I'm not letting a guy get outside and play that type of technique the other side of the corner. But, it again, it doesn't matter. Honestly, if he had played it right, Tyler Lockett's going to have a touchdown. All right, with the game on the line, Akeem King makes a huge play on fourth and three to seal the deal for Seattle. From the shotgun, Rudolph is slotted on the left side. Cousins takes the snap. He's looking that way. He throws. Ball's incomplete. Ball incomplete. Intended for Herb Smith Jr. at the 45-yard line. And Akeem King, the nickelback, who they put on tight ends because of his size and his coverage skills. They all paid off on that fourth down. The ball goes over to the Seahawks with 2.27 left. Now, Minnesota has three timeouts left. And you know Mike Zimmer's going to use every one, maybe even before the two-minute warning. We talked to Akeem King today, and he was out there in that nickel package. And he said he likes it. You know, he likes to drop into zone, play some man, do different things. He kind of faked a blitz, and he also mentioned blitzing. But he fakes the blitz and then buzzes basically out to the flat. And he said, you know, we were talking about the window dressing, which means, you know, before the play starts, sometimes you, you, you fake a blitz, but you don't ever want to do that, that it's going to take away from you your ability to cover. And he did it just right and, uh, and made a big play that sealed the deal on this uh, game. Yeah, I, I like what he did. His body language before the play, um, if you look, at, you look at the bottom of the, of, of the, um, the play with Keem and then up top, the other guy in the slot, uh, they're both giving him, giving Cousins the same look. So now he's kind of decipher who's coming, who's not, who's coming, who's not. And what I think Akeem, Akeem does best, and, and Paul, you probably know better than I do, is he gets hands yeah. on Rudolph immediately. If you let a receiver free release, you don't pressure him, you don't make him adjust, um, we'll manipulate you. But what he does, he kind of manipulates Kyle Rudolph there, gets his hands on him, and then makes a good play on the ball. Well, and if you go look at every other guy in the route, there's nobody open, you guys. Now, I, I, the reason why I kind of giggled is, why are you faking a blitz? <laughs> if you're a quick, there's who's going to pick that guy up? There's no one there, and it, and that's fine. And actually, the way he came back to it, and the way he played it, the the strength of that is King's a big guy, 
and he got his hands on him, and he took one step, and he immediately, you know, drove to the out. So great play, and, and that's what we're seeing more and more, Dave, is we're seeing the, all the DBs. If you go look at every guy in the route, every one of those would have had to been a perfect contested throw. And so we're forcing quarterbacks to say, you have to be so good to beat us. And in this case, they weren't good enough to beat us. All right, just three plays there. We probably could have gone through ten different plays in that game. Seahawks coming up with a huge win against the Vikings. Well, coming up next, Paul Gallant from the morning show with Danny and Danny and Gallant. Uh, he's going to play NBA 2K 2020 with George Fanton. They'll have a little bit of, ch- of a chat. That's next right here on Hawks Live. It is Hawks Live Gaming. I am Paul Gallant, and with me is a man who played 42 snaps Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings and was just mauling people. It's George Fan. George, what's up, bud? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. You ready to probably destroy me in NBA Probably 2K? You me, man. You're, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, give me. Is this, is this trying to lull me into a false sense of security? Because <laughs> wow, it's bro. almost working. Please be a good team. The Orlando Magic. And you got the Rockets. Get out. We were just talking about Let's this coming go. in. He's just gonna bomb me with threes. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, so basketball was that? That's your first passion. Yes. Well, yes, man. It well, is. I, mean, I still love it. You know, so I started to watch it and play. So, when did you start playing? I started playing basketball, uh, like seventh grade. Seriously, seventh grade, something like that. What was your playing style? Uh, right, seventh grade, man. I was like, it was hilarious. I was like chubby, paint guy, bro. Like couldn't do anything. Uh-huh. I wasn't really skilled, but I was like six foot or something like that. Okay. I was kind of tall in seventh grade. I was a little taller than six foot probably. When did you, when did you grow? I hit my growth spurt uh, going into my freshman year. Like my eighth grade, after eighth grade, I went. I was like I went from like six one to like six four, six five, or something like that. So I was like six five as a freshman. There you go. Yeah. Well, I love how you're like talking about that. You know, I was only six feet tall going into. <laughs> I, I was four foot eleven. Six foot five in basketball is like little. Yeah, but you, I mean, you still, you got, yeah. so you got to Western Kentucky and you're, right. pl- and you're playing basketball and you're from Kentucky. What, what a ridiculous state in terms of college basketball. In, in basketball in general, I mean, it's just like, uh, I tell people all the time, like, there's not a lot of states that have one state championship, like, yeah. only one state championship. There's no That's classes. That's it. It's just like, oh, wow. One state, Sweet 16. You play basketball at Western Kentucky and now you're in the NFL. Right. How did we get here? I had a friend who played for uh, my college football team. And they were just, they were always telling me to try to come play football, and I was always turned down. Had you, had you ever played before? Uh, no, I played like in seventh grade, but it wasn't like anything too crazy. Interesting. Like I wasn't really like, I wasn't taking it too serious, I feel like. Okay. And then um, I came out one year, that was a funny story. I, I did one year where I, uh, <laughs> my senior year, I already signed to go play college basketball. And uh, I went to like, one of my coaches, the, the new football coach in my high school was like, hey, I like, come out, like just just come out for one day and if you don't like it, then, you know, just give it up. So uh, I came out there, I didn't tell my parents anything. I don't know who it was, my high school coach said it wasn't him, but somebody saw me, called my parents, my mom literally drove her car on the football field. <laughs> and came and got me <laughs> off the football field. Oh, really? Like, onto the field. What did, put me off the field. What did everyone, did, did you get everybody made fun of that? Yeah, everybody was laughing. Like, I, it's one of the craziest stories. People still talk about it. You were a huge part of that Monday night performance. Like, what does it mean when you guys go into the locker room and you run for 200 plus yards on the ground? I mean, it's a lot. I mean, especially for to have two backs like we do that can just, uh, you know, do so many different things. Like you got 
Henny who can just, you know, stretch the field and just run. Uh, you know, got some speed to him. He just, you know, he can lower his shoulder. Then you got Chris who just, you know, he wants to contact, he wants to run through people uh, and embarrass you. So and it makes it, it's like a one-two punch, man. And we got those two guys like that. It makes everything a lot easier for us. Is it weird? You're, you're one of the veterans now. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah. I, I was mean, just laughing and joking about that. So, so right right now, like you've experienced a, a dramatic change in the locker room, where like it's gone from all those Legion of Boom players right. to now the the identity of the team. What is it? What, what is it centered around? I don't even I don't even know what to say. I guess it was, I, I would say uh, you know we just our leaders, uh, Russ, Bobby, and of course Dwayne. Uh, those guys are leading. We we don't. It's not kind of how it was. I mean, just being in the locker room with. Lob and, and stuff like that. I mean, you could just feel it was them. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was their, it was theirs. You know, um, but once they're, you know, once, after they left, then you know, right away, Bobby and uh, and Russ just kind of took over things. And Dwayne and yeah, you know, we set a tempo. You know, uh, they set a tempo in the first meeting, just telling people exactly what we're doing. This, everybody know your role. Everybody know what we got to do, and let's go out here and get to work. What's it like being in all these close games? Because they're all close games. Man, you know what, man? Nobody's folded. Nobody's folded, man. Like nobody's like, even like with some of those plays where you know it, they go down and we might give up a, of a score up on, on offense or something like that. Mm-hmm. No one panics. That's one thing I can say about this team, man. Nobody panics. They, they get back to it, man, and you know, get back on the field and, and, and we try to get the points back, man. And try to get ourselves back on the, back in the game. Is is there a reason that nobody panics? Is there is there what 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 is it? Because I think we got that... a lot of battle tested guys, man, mm. uh, up front, of course, and also uh, you know, Russ is huge. Russ and Bobby both, man. Dwayne, they're, they're huge for us, man. They don't they don't let anybody. You don't when you, when you look at your leaders and you know you see no panic or no worry in their eyes, man. You, is, is big for the team. So, I, uh, I can imagine. And, and yeah, you guys have so many players like that. And <laughs> 10 and 2, man. It's man, been a really impressive fun. season thus far. How about how about running the ball? Like, How about you become the backfield? Yeah, you're the fridge. You don't want to do that? Why not? I'm good. I'm good. You're good. You're big up there. You want to get some space. You know what I mean? Rock and maneuver around. <laughs> hey, you come right down here. Nah, but I don't care, man. Whatever I can do to help us win, that's, you know. That's what we need to win, and I'll, of course I'll do it for sure. I, I'm sure, like you, you, when you're downfield blocking one of yeah. these defensive backs. Yeah. I mean, like they're 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 bigger than me, but right. like if I'm in those shoes, I'm. I mean, I'm I'm not feeling oh, yeah. so bad. No, 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 I might sure. need to change my pants. For sure, no. It's funny, man. They they. It's even funnier, like when sometimes you know, they have me split out wide, like I'm like out wide, and the receiver, I mean, the DB's like, "What are you doing out here?" <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing out here? But it's fun, man. They, Shadi and uh, Pete, you know, they make it fun. They line me up different places, and uh, I get to do different different things. So it's uh, it's just fun to be utilized like that, man. For them to find a way to put me on the field somehow, some way, and just a blessing being in this situation. Yeah, and 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 you're you're on this great team again. And I, I was curious now that you've been in the locker room for a while. Like, it, I, I'm imagining it's not exactly like a sitcom where every single person's a character, right. but I imagine there are certain guys that you identify with certain things. So who would you say is the most serious, like the strong, silent type of the locker room? <sighs> most serious, strong type of the locker room. Man, that's tough. There's nobody really like that, honestly, I don't think. Really? Uh, so every, everyone talks a little bit? Yeah, everybody talks a little bit. I guess Bobby sometimes. Bobby? Like Bobby, Bobby, he, he turns it on and off. You know, he, he'll play around and joke around, but you know what I mean? You also know when he's serious. You mentioned jokes. Who's the funniest? Uh... <laughs> Not even trying, but Fluke, man, he's hilarious. Fluke. Bro. He, he, comedy. 
pure comedy, man. He just, just some of the stuff, you know, he just says, and he's just a, a good dude, he's funny. Who is the toughest person in the locker room? DB. Dwayne Brown. As far as like nobody wants to mess with you, like just playing through, like just being nicked up, or not even nicked up, man, just being, you know, at his age, he's a little older, you know, and, and you know, he, don't, he doesn't miss a lot, man. He really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just just watching him take care of himself. And he's a tough dude, man. He's really good to have in the locker room. Who talks the most? <laughs> Me. Yeah. You're the, you're the loudest guy in the locker room. Bro, I'm like, and I do it, you know, for another reason. Why? Like, that's how I keep myself going, you know? Like, I, like, if I don't talk to people or just talk or something like that, like, I lose a lot of interest and stuff. Gotcha, so, okay. So I'm, like, constantly talking, like, Constantly doing something, joking with somebody. I probably am the, the clown too. But okay, <laughs> I like I'm, that. I'm constantly doing something. Do you do you talk trash during the game? No, not unless somebody say anything to me. You say something to me, then I'll. So you're a retaliator. Okay, that's. Yeah. I think that's always the best way to go. Yeah, if you say something to me, then I'll, I'll definitely say something back. But uh, no, I'm not the I'm not the trash talking type. Who's sure. Who's the best trash talker on the team? The best trash talker. Does anyone uh, talk trash on the team? Yeah, for sure. Bobby talks a lot of trash. Bobby. Yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Yeah, man, he's, uh, but it's good stuff. You know, it's not like he, he ain't saying anything crazy about you, but, you know, he'll let you know you're trash. <laughs> he'll let you know you're trash, for sure. He'll let you know you're trash. That's awesome. You're married to an ex-college basketball player. Right. And you have, you have two kids. Yes. Do, you, do you expect one of them to be a professional athlete? So I think they both want to be professional. They're both? Without a doubt. Do, oh, my God. What's, what's, sport, gonna be what's What sport do you think that they'll be playing? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to keep them away from football, but... My youngest, my oldest loves football so far right now, and my uh, my youngest likes uh, baseball. Baseball. Yeah. So interesting. Let's see how it goes. Listen, baseball. Baseball is a sport. Yeah, I feel man, like I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with what he. <laughs> hopefully, he doesn't get. I, mean, I think he'd be really tall too. Like Ooh. the way they're looking, like they're gonna be really, really tall. Be a big giant pitcher on the mound. Yeah. I mean, or smashing it, dingers all whatever, over the place. Whatever, bro. <laughs> whatever we can get him doing. But you know, I'm obviously not gonna push it on him. You know. Uh, It'll, it'll happen the way it should happen. Yeah. You know, they, they'll fall in love with the sport, and, um, you know, it doesn't really matter where you start at. Obviously, I'm a testament to that, you know. I never yeah. played football, really. I never. I hated football. You hated it? I hated it. And, and, and look and, at uh, you now. Now you're the, the Seattle Seahawks mauler, just wrecking <laughs> mauler. dudes downfield and helping them run for all sorts of yards. Yep, that's it, man. We just we just need to get you the ball. So hey, now. somehow, somebody. Uh, I'm telling you, you you need you need to get a handoff, George, the refrigerator fan, <laughs> to get a touchdown carry, mashing through guys at the very end of a game. That'd be fun, man. He's George Fant. George, best of luck the rest of the way. Uh, clearly, you are good at NBA 2K. I would love to see you play against Dwayne Brown. Hey, man, we might be able to make that happen. I like it. I like it. All right, it's got to happen, Dwayne. Come on. Let's Look at what he just did here. All right, this has been Hawks Live Gaming. Have a good evening, everybody. All right, thanks to Paul Gallant and Big George Fant. Coming up next, Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, and myself, Dave Wyman. We're going to give you the keys to victory and we'll give you our final thoughts right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman, Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus. The last show, the last Hawks Live is next Thursday at 7 o'clock right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you haven't been out to Snoqualmie Casino, get, get yourself out of here. It's not that far. Beautiful place out here. Awesome restaurant, Vista. 
Really good food. Paul, you can attest to that. You were uh, downing awesome. a cheeseburger yes, earlier. Yes, I was. Thank you, downing. <laughs> I was eating it very appropriately. Oh, I, I saw it wolfed down, but it looked yes. like it was really good. All right, guys, final thoughts tonight. Uh, I think I probably say this every week. Like, I'm really curious to see what happens maybe before Minnesota. You know, what kind of team. I guess I'm more curious to see what the Rams are about. I feel like I know what the Seahawks are about. The last three games, their offensive line and their running game has stepped up to the challenge. That they've played against top 10 run defenses and performed really well, especially last week with 218 yards on the ground. But we've become accustomed to, over the last three games, the defense playing really well. The, the thing I can't figure out in, going into this game is which Los Angeles Ram team is going to show up. The one that killed the number 32 defense in Arizona or is it going to be, you know, uh, the team that kind of struggles and got shut down by the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, I think, um, obviously, you, you respect every opponent in the NFL. Um, the Rams are coming off um, a good game. They beat the Arizona Cardinals, so their confidence is high. And I think McVay has kind of changed his game plan a little bit. He's more on the deacon dunk, the short stuff. As long as the Seattle Seahawks tackle and wrap up just do not miss tackles and allow these speedsters to get uh 10 15 yard uh yaks after they cast the rock i think they'll be fine now the rams are sixth in the league with about 38 39 sacks um so they they have shown they'll get after the quarterback you're dealing with aaron donald the best player in the nfl whoever depending on who you talk to um clay matthews is having a decent season he has uh about i think seven or eight seven sacks, sacks himself yeah. so um that defense on paper and statistically, it's better than the Hawks' defense. Are they playing that way? I don't think so. I think the Hawks' defense is playing at a high level right now. Um, as long as the Hawks are able to run the football, tackle, I think they'll be fine. I think it's going to be a close game like most Hawks games are. Yeah, I, I look at um, the Seahawks are on a playoff run right now. You know, they played San Francisco, played Philadelphia, and then last week against Minnesota. How did we do against three playoff teams? Well, we won, and I would say two pretty convincingly, Philadelphia and, and, and Minnesota. I, I look at San Francisco. They, let's look at their playoff run. Well, they played uh, Arizona twice, probably should have lost twice, lost to us, um, lost to the Ravens. In between, they beat I, I don't, Green Bay, I believe. And, and there are yep. some teams from a matchup standpoint that San Francisco is going to do exceptionally well against, and other teams that can throw that live off throwing the football like Green Bay, and I actually think they're going to whoop up on New Orleans. I I, I just got a feeling that that matchup favors San Francisco. Now let's go look at the Rams. The Rams are struggling. I mean, you know, they they beat Arizona. Well, guess what? If you got time to throw and you play against the worst defense in the league, you're going to have a lot of success. I'm going to go with Bumpus on this one. We need to tackle well. We can't give up any long touchdowns. We can give up a 20-yard throw here and there. But if you go look at Goff, if Goff doesn't have time, he's going to dink it. He's only been sacked 19 times this year. I mean, that's not – or maybe he's 22. I mean, it's not it's very 19. much. Yeah. It's 19. So wh what does that mean? Well, he's going to get rid of the ball quick. So one of two things is going to happen. He's going to dink it or he's going to throw an interception. If he has time, if they keep eight guys in and we're not, you know, like we did a couple of years ago, aren't prepared for that, um, which I think we will be, 
it, and we give up those big plays, that's bad. And two, if we don't get pressure on them when they do decide to go and put four or five guys out, that would be bad. I think we will. Their offensive line is nowhere near like they were two years ago, and even last year. We are a better football team, but this team's dangerous. I mean, they have to win. They're 7-5. and five. They lose. They're probably out of the playoff hunt. Um, and we clinch a playoff spot if we win. I think the best team wins this game, and I think that's the Seahawks. I think communication on defense is going to be huge, too, this week because they're going to line up in their tight formation, that tight bunch, that tight twin set. They're going to motion guys over. That guy who motions is going to come right across, uh, back across the formation. So they have to be able to communicate and pass things off as well. Yeah, and I think it's gotten so much better for the defense with Quandre Diggs yeah. back there. Bradley McDougal has played so much better, and – yeah, it's it's interesting to see this their, their offense and how they're going to react because I guess I don't see a Todd Gurley that's limping around necessarily out there. I just see a Todd Gurley that doesn't have huge holes to run through. And the the way that offense has been operating over the last couple of years, that's what it's been for yeah, him. Yeah, the, the one concern I have is the matchup on Cup, and, and it's probably going to be King in that situation. So that will be interesting to see what we do there. He's I think we're going to see more nickel. Uh, in this I, game, I, than think, I think you have to. I mean, it, they've got Woods, they've got Cooks, they have uh, Cup. I mean, girl, uh, yeah, we we got a matchup with in that in this situation. And on top of that, you've got uh, Kendricks, who's who's nursing a hamstring, so that means you got you know Barton out there. I think Barton's a fantastic linebacker, but I don't think I want to see him against uh, Cup all, all day long. Yeah, one, well, and then a rookie, Ugo Amadi. We keep waiting to see him, and I'm not sure if they trust him enough to get him out there certainly he's a great player yeah. but uh but we'll see how about the receivers michael it's it's interesting to see like tyler lockett you know he's just not been himself i guess the last couple of weeks he was targeted three times had zero catches i felt like russell has found a new best buddy in <laughs> in uh jacob hollister he is yeah there there was a couple of times where uh, there was one throw to hollister where i thought uh tyler lockett was he was hooked up a little bit further down Field and he had found a spot in the zone, and Russ was focused in on on Hollister. But do you think we're going to see all of a sudden Tyler Lockett get back on track with Russ and, and have that connection that they had prior I, to his injury? I think so because there's an injury one week and then there's a sickness the next week. And I was talking to my buddy. I'm like, football's not like hoop, well, where you can kind of find your you can play sick. Jordan dropped fifty on whoever when he was sick. You find your spot, you're good in football. Every play is so it's so explosive. Like you have to be explosive every single play. And when you're sick, it's just hard to do that. And I look at Lockett, and he just didn't look really explosive. He looked like he's doing his job. He's in the right spot. He's where he's supposed to be. But he just wasn't the same. So I think that he'll be healthy. He'll be ready to go. And uh, we'll see the good old number 16. Yeah, I'd like to see a different yak. I don't want him yakking from the flu. I want oh, yards after catch. Nicely instead. done. And play. I think he's going to have a huge game because he hasn't been on film really the last two weeks. Yeah. And you, you game plan on what you see on film. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. He could have a big game. You guys feel good about this game? I hate it because whenever I feel good about it, like the last two weeks, oh, we won. Then, yeah. Okay. Still nervous. Oh, all right, then. Well, let's still, go that still, way. Nervous. still nervous. I'm always nervous. Always going to be nervous yes. with this team. They seem to always play it tight. Yep. Well, I want to thank you guys, Paul Moyer, uh, Michael Bumpus, and special thanks to our engineer, Brenna Hutchison, and our board operator, Brian Shoney, and, of course, our wonderful executive producer, NASA Choby. We'll talk to you next week. It's our last Hawks Live out here at the Snoqualmie Casino next Thursday at 7 Join us. Come out here or listen on the radio, 710 ESPN. We'll talk to you next week. 
Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. All new this year, a Seahawks player every week will sit down for an interview while playing their favorite video game. Watch the interview on our Twitch channel, youtube.com slash mynorthwest and 710sports.com. 